0: and welcome everybody to the pod's honest truth with david brody hope you are well it is july it's hot and i gotta tell you i grew up in new york and new york in july it is brutal Uh, i will say this though uh it's not just brutal from a weather standpoint up there the culture is taking a beating for sure. There's a big cultural fight. We know about the Black Lives Matter uh, street art in New York. And now you may have heard of Bevelyn uh, Beatty. She was arrested after throwing paint on that Black Lives Matter street art in New York. Uh, we are gonna talk to Bevelyn today on the podcast to give you a little flavor. Here is what Bevelyn was saying about Black Lives Matter and about Jesus. Have a listen.
1: We're done. Like, they don't care! They don't care! Those are black holes that travel! They don't care!
0: that's Bevel and Beatty on the streets of New York. The video's gone viral. I'm sure you've heard all about her. She'll be on the podcast today talking about New York, Black Lives Matter, Jesus, Democrats, African-Americans, the devil. Oh my gosh, we got so much. Uh, By the way, speaking of so much, JustTheNews.com has got a plethora of podcasts. Try saying that three times fast, five times fast, a plethora of podcasts. Anyhow, Scott Rasmussen has number of the day. That's one of the best podcasts out there. He basically dissects some sort of poll number that he has uh, and then explains it all, and it's really interesting, and it's not boring, FYI. Also, speaking of not boring, John Solomon reports his podcast is out there. Same with Cheryl Atkinson. And of course, please feel free to subscribe to The Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. My mom would approve. Then again, if my mom kind of knew a little bit of uh, you know what I was saying at times she may not approve I might have to go to my room but I'm taking that up with my mom though I am 55 so I don't think I need to go to my room but anyhow we'll get to all of that in a separate Dr. Phil podcast but coming next Bevlin Beatty oh boy does she have a lot to say she said no more to that Black Lives Matter street art mural in New York she said no not having any of that Jesus matters instead back in a moment with Bevlin And welcome back, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth with David Brody. All right. I'm really excited about this interview. Bevelyn Beatty on the podcast today. Uh, you probably know about her to a degree. You might not know her name, but you've probably seen the video. Uh, she was arrested after throwing paint on that Black Lives Matter street art in New York outside of Trump Tower. For, you know, first of all, she dumped the paint on it. Right there uh, on a Saturday afternoon, she was live streaming the thing on Facebook. And then a short time later, she did the same thing in Harlem and Brooklyn. Of course, in between, she made a stop at the police station because, oh, they arrested her. Uh, because of what she did, uh, she'll talk to me about that today. Saying, "Look, she didn't think she did anything illegal to begin with." She said the police were wonderful with her at the police station. Wait till you get a load of what she had to say there. Uh, but look, uh, this is her and a few others. They they had the van, they had the paint. I don't know. Did they go to Home Depot? They had a lot of paint, and she would keep repeating Jesus matters and that we're not standing with Black Lives Matter. We want our police and we want basically for a refund of the police. She kept saying refund our police, not defund the police. But of course, when she said Jesus matters, hello, ding, 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 the pod's honest truth. We had to figure out a way to get her on the podcast today. That's exactly what we did. We're going to divide it up in two parts. Here's part one with Bevlin Beatty. Bevlin Beatty, uh, great to see you. Really appreciate you joining me here.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. I appreciate you.
0: Well, look, uh, we've heard about drive-bys before, but this was a Jesus paint drive-by big time. Uh, you've got to tell me uh, what you were thinking as that was going down. Uh, and I don't mean beforehand. Uh, I'm talking about like in the moment. And you see police coming up to you at Trump Tower and all that. What, what was going through your mind?
1: Uh, to be honest with you, I just I was like, I have to paint this mural. Mm-hmm. I have to cover this mural. Um, and the reason I felt so uh, felt the urgency to do so is because I really just was so fed up. I was so tired of this Black Lives Matter narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just found out my cousin had been uh, caught in a shootout in Staten Island. I mm-hmm. uh, got shot in both of his legs. One of them was amputated. Um, you know, my family still lives in these inner city areas, these rough areas. And so uh, it, it was hitting home. And so for me, I just was like, you know what? I'm fed up. We're going to hit it. We're going to fight and we're going to stand and God is with me. And that was it.
0: Well, speaking about God is with you, there you are saying Jesus matters, Jesus matters. Explain uh, what your uh, what your inner soul, if you will, uh, is about on this, because this isn't about, it's not so much about anti-Black Lives Matter, though That there's lots of issues with that, but there's something above everything that you're, you're really talking about and standing for here as it relates to Jesus.
1: Yes. Um, The reality is this. Until Jesus matters in your life, Mm -hmm. nothing else matters. Your color will always be a hindrance to you. Uh, Your financial background, all of these things you go through, they will always be in your a hindrance to you, Jesus becomes the core of life. Uh, What we are seeing with this BLM and all of these other movements is that they prioritize uh, their issues above Christ. Uh, you, mm-hmm. First of all, in the Bible, it says there's no Jew, Gentile, male, no female, uh, slave or free man in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So as a Christian, we know color has nothing to do with nothing. We're, we're united by the spirit of God. Right. You know, and even before that, we are a brethren. You know, we all are descendants of Adam and Eve. And even after they washed away, we're still the descendants of Noah. So mm-hmm. all of us are really related. But yeah, we're fighting over whose hair's more curlier, whose skin's more lighter, whose eyes are blue, which mm-hmm. eyes are darker. And now we're pushing a, a, a narrative across the United States and across the world. And we're creating a, a worldwide divide, all because of the sake of skin
0: color. Mm. It's wrong. Uh, let me ask you a little bit about the Black Lives Matter movement, because uh, you have been very outspoken about this. And, and look, you know, this just in, uh, of course, Black Lives Matter, uh, white li- all of that. But the, so the, no one's disagreeing, obviously, with the sentiment. Hello. Uh, but but you're saying this organization is where you're having problems with as it relates to what people might not know what they're all about. Is that part of what you're saying here?
1: OK, man of God, hear me out. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the foundation of Black Lives Matter. Mm. First and foremost, before Black Lives Matter ever became a statement, it started with the organization. Mm-hmm. People weren't chanting Black Lives Matter before the organization came on the scene, correct? Right. Okay, then. So follow me there. Black Lives Matter is the platform, period. The organization is the, the, the initial platform. It is against the nuclear family. So by default, we know a, fa- a nuclear family is the man as the leader. The wife is the helper and the children, okay? And that's how we bring up our families with the man as the leader, the wife is the helper and the children. And all of that is umbrellaed by God, okay? Mm -hmm. They are against that. So off GP, Black Lives Matter is against black men. Because a black man, a man is truly not a man unless he's a leader in his own family. Mm. This is a portion of his identity because this is what God ordained from the beginning. So if you do not want that man to stand in the identity he was called to be, which is a leader in his family, you've already disarmed him. And we are seeing that in the black community already. Mm -hmm. You are seeing a lot of young black men are going to jail constantly. A lot of crime is happening due to the black community constantly. We've taken up 12% of the nation, yet up to 55% of the crime. Why? Mm -hmm. Because there's no daddies. Mm -hmm. We don't understand the concept of authority because our daddies are gone. And that was due to welfare, but that's a whole nother horse. Mm -hmm. All right? Mm -hmm. So that's strike one. They're against the black man as a leader in the family, okay? Mm -hmm. Number two, they support Planned Parenthood. They support choice. The number one killer of black people is abortion. Mm -hmm. 28 million and counting. On average, 675,000 babies are dying. Mm -hmm. We take up, again, 12% of the population. It used to be 13, so we're on decline. Mm -hmm. And we're taking up 36 to 40% of abortion LGBTQ agenda. Let's let's just stay there for a second. If there are already no fathers, you're going to see men in jail and locked up. Mm -hmm. And if you're supporting abortion, we're going to die because you're killing our babies. Mm -hmm. And when you support the LGBTQ agenda, there is no reproduction. Two men and two women cannot reproduce. It just, it doesn't work that way. A man and a woman come together and reproduce and create a seed. And then we birth another person who is in the image of God. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is what it's about. On top of that, Black Lives Matter will never address Black-on-Black crime and they support abortion. Mm -hmm. Yet, last year alone, I think maybe nine to 16 Black men were killed unjustly by cops. Mm -hmm. Sixteen. Okay, mm-hmm. but 675,000 babies died in the womb, and yeah. hundreds of black men died to black on black crime. And just in New York this weekend alone, 12 black men were shot, and uh, no, 62 black men were shot, mm-hmm. and 12 died. Yeah, that's in a weekend,
0: yeah. Yeah, so, so, so Bevelin, let me ask you this. I mean, the Democrats have been uh, going along with this big time, uh, the Black Lives Matter um, organization. So do you believe the Democrats for maybe a very long time have been using blacks in this country?
1: So let's, let's, let's look at it like this. The Democrats are the ones who really helped pivot and launch this Black Lives Matter organization. Uh, the Democrats are the ones screaming, uh, defund the police, get rid of the police. Uh, yet the Democrats are the ones that run the cities top to bottom where these black men are unjustly killed. They, first of all, mm-hmm. mayor, the mayor is, is Democrat, uh, Senate, uh, the governor, Democrat. They run New York from top to bottom. So if you're speaking on injustices in any of our cities, you're basically speaking to Democrats. You go into any other cities where people are in, black people are unjustly killed, Democrats. Atlanta, Democrat. LA, Democrat. Chicago, Democrat. Houston, uh, come on, need I say more? These yeah. Democrats are already running the show as is. And let's be very clear the police answer to the mayor and the governor. Mm -hmm. So if you really want to look at a bad system and bad police, you have to look at their leader. Their leader is the mayor and the governor and their Democrats. So something don't make sense. They're using us. They've been constantly using us. They've always used, first of all, they need the black vote because Mm -hmm. white liberals and white conservatives are always equally divided so much that it takes one colored block for somebody to be in the White House or back at the chicken house. Okay. This Mm -hmm. is reality. But yet, black people, because we are so set on voting for Democrat, because we're born Democrat. We're born Democrat. We just gotta be Democrat. We don't even understand what being a Democrat is. we just gotta be it. We keep giving them the, the votes. That's why Joe Biden had the audacity to say, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. What makes a life a good
0: one? Is it the adventure you have? And welcome back, everybody, to the Pod's Honest Truth. Well, uh, Bevlin Beatty, as we say in sports, bringing it strong to the rack. That's what they say in basketball. Well, she was bringing it uh, strong to the podcast rack in that first segment with her. Uh, We now continue on. uh, And boy, she has a lot more to say. We're going to get into spiritual matters. We're going to get into her backstory. She was actually sitting in jail, uh, convicted of money laundering. Uh, when Jesus got a hold of her, wait to hear this story. Uh, but I should point out that she is uh, she uses this hashtag JesusMatters quite a bit. She's the co-founder and evangelist for the uh, Well Ministries, and according to their Facebook page, basically they're a nonprofit group uh, dedicated to sharing Jesus in one city at a time. And they basically want to empower people and make disciples and bring the reality of who Jesus is uh, to the darkest places uh, around the country. They clearly believe New York is a pretty dark place right now. So let's pick up with part two of our interview with Bevelyn Beatty. Back to New York and Trump Tower and when you were arrested, tell me what that was like when you got to the police headquarters. I mean, because look, you're trying, I mean, you're basically saying we need the police. Refund the police is what you're saying, not defund the police. So what was that experience like? Because my, my sense of it from people that I'm talking to is that those New York City cops are frustrated with the Blasio. A lot of them want to retire. We've seen an, an increase in retirements or at least trying to get out and maybe move elsewhere. What, what is your sense of what's on the ground in New York? Well, The
1: police, honestly, I'm going to tell you the truth. They are so fed up, and they were so happy to see someone finally stand for them. They Mm -hmm. were so grateful. Uh, And at the same time, in a sense, they feel hopeless, and they feel like their back is against the wall. And you are 100% right. Inside information, 35 police officers a day are signing up for retirement at the age of 20. So there's not even a guarantee they'll get it, but it's happening, okay? Mm -hmm, There's only mm -hmm. 33,000 police officers in New York right now uh, policing about 8 to 10 million people. Mm -hmm. By next year, it'll only be 20,000 because since they defunded the police by a billion dollars, they are not hiring anymore. It's Mm -hmm. not happening. So the police feel like they need to jump ship, and they are jumping ship. They are getting out. I met a police officer while I was sitting there. He said, buddy, listen, I'm moving to Florida. I already see this ship is sinking. I'm getting out of here. So the police, they they want the people to stand and fight for them. But in a sense, they see uh, that it's not many that are going to stand and fight for them. So they're just jumping ship, and they just see New York in decline, and they feel like there's nothing they can do about it.
0: Yeah. You know what, uh, Bevelyn, I have to tell you, th- this woke culture we live in today, you know, the identity left out there. I mean, I, I wonder if they're, and I hate to use the words white supremacist, uh, but you wonder why are they always talking about assumptions that, you know, you have to have the right grammar or math or punctuality or law and order, that these are all white things. I mean, that, to me, seems a bit racist on its face as well. Isn't that a bit insulting to African-Americans in this country?
1: I'll tell you this. It's, not only is it insulting, it's, 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 just, it's everything in one bucket. It's offensive. It's disrespectful. I mean, it's, it's all of the above. Because mm-hmm. now, if you talk a certain way, you talk right. So wait a minute. If I talk proper, I'm white. I gotta be white. I gotta act white to talk proper. So what does that mean? If I'm actually acting black, then I just don't talk proper and I eat fried chicken and play a guitar on 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 my porch in the country. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's so ignorant and disrespectful and on in so many levels. And it is it you're right. It is white supremacy and it's basically them looking down on us because this is what they say. Oh. We're privileged. We're so sorry. We're privileged. We're so sorry that you are treated unjustly. We're so sorry that our schools are better than your schools. We need to fight for your schools to be better because you don't get the proper education. This is all. This is reverse racism. Not even reverse racism. This is this is secret, subtle racism. Mm. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's what it is.
0: Hey, I want to ask you about. Um what the church can do here. I mean, there you are. Um uh I know you might not embrace the uh the the uh title of hero, but a lot of folks uh, see you uh in in the church environment uh to say, you know, good for you, Bevelyn, uh to to do something like that. Jesus matters over the Black Lives Matter, whatever you want to call it, street art, mural, whatever it was. But here here's my question. You know, where how do, we, how do you go about the, the civil disobedience here? I mean, we see Christopher Columbus statues and, and, all, and Confederate statues, you know, all that stuff, uh, you know, uh, getting taken down, uh, even, uh, you know, uh, Frederick Douglass statues taken down. So, so what does the church do uh, from, a, from a civil disobedience standpoint? What can they do? Because it seems like you're out on the front lines. I mean, is this the way um, church, the church is going to have to combat the society in terms of where we're going here in this country?
1: Well, let's be honest. If the church had did their job in the beginning, Mm. I wouldn't be here combating in the first place. First of all, uh, when they legalized abortion, off the top, the churches should have been out of their buildings and in front of these abortion clinics saying, absolutely not. We will stand. We will fight against this by Mm. any means necessary. it's, it's, It's leading up. When they legalized gay marriage the church should have been the first one standing up and saying no this is not god we will not legalize this because this is going to throw a tear and this is a tear in our country no the church has not been standing up so now at this point, we are at the point of no return. So now the church has to mobilize. The church has to get up. They have to get out. They have to stand. They have to make their voice known. And I'm not even asking the church, in a sense, to break a law, which I don't even truly believe I broke a law. That, mm-hmm. that mural, or whatever they want to call it, is illegal in the first place. But mm-hmm. since it's ran, the city's ran by Democrats, they can do stuff like that. They can mm-hmm. do illegal things and make it legal, right? Mm-hmm. So the reality is this. The church has to start to stand on the Bible, stand on the word of God and start to rise up and say, we're going to take our country back. We're going to obey the Lord and we're going to stand. We're going to make our voice known. And we're not going to try to put up an image of holiness, but deny the power thereof. We're going to be obedient and submit to God and let him be the leader. They got to get out. They got to get active. We need people in front of those abortion clinics. We need people like those Black Lives Matter rallies, preaching the gospel. We need people like those LGBTQ uh, and, and all of these other things, Muslims, anything. Mm -hmm. Preaching the gospel like we were called to do. The Bible says to go out, occupy, and go and spread the word to the ends of the earth. And it's the gospel that cuts both bone, marrow, and spirit. It's not debating about politics or presidents that's even going to save a life. But when you tell them who Jesus is and what he did for you and what he's capable of doing right now, you'd be surprised how many people would turn their hearts around. And where is the discipleship anymore? Mm -hmm. The churches are not discipling. The church closed down. So people are just staying at home on the internet. But wait a minute. When you hit these streets, you're the church. So if you want to minister to somebody you see on the street, how about you offer them some coffee? How about you offer them something to eat? Take them out. Take your $5 and spend it on them and give them a bagel or some coffee and sit with them and talk to them and listen to them and tell them how much Jesus loves them. Where mm. is that at?
0: hmm you know, you've been very outspoken for Jesus. Obviously, um, you've you know you know you have a target on your back, right? I mean, that now 100%. they're they're coming they're coming for you, Babylon. I know, I know. Um, all colors, the news, all, all colors, Bob. All way. colors, <laughs> all
1: colors. The good news the good news is this: uh, greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. And let me tell you something: Haman was trying to kill Mordecai. He wanted to kill Mordecai. Okay, but Esther stood in prayer, Mordecai stood in prayer, and that same noose that he had prepared for Mordecai, he hung on himself. And I can think my bottom dollar that whatever traps are set up for me, the enemy will only fall into himself because I serve the true and living God. And
0: that's a fact. You're going to keep on, uh, you know, uh, making, as John Lewis would say, some good trouble, uh, if you want. Always.
1: Always. I'm going to shake it up. And in different ways. You know, sometimes I might not paint something. Sometimes it's just simply preaching. Sometimes it's feeding. But at the end of the day, yes, we're going to be shaking it up and letting people know Jesus is Lord. And the only
0: thing that matters is and, Jesus. And, bef- and before I let you go, you have a backstory. I mean, the last time I checked, we're all born with a sinful nature. Uh, and, and, and you came to the Lord when? This was about what, seven years, six, seven, eight years ago or so? How did that, what's your, what's your story?
1: 2013, I had came to the Lord because I was actually in jail. Mm. I was sitting in jail for seven days, waiting on my dad to bail me out. Before then, I was a college girl, party girl, fighting, just doing stupid stuff, just yeah. acting like a you know knucklehead kid. Um, and I went to jail actually for money laundering. I had laundered like twenty, thirty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And um, when I went to jail, I was sitting there waiting to get bailed out by my dad. And I met a woman there and the woman looked at me and she she knew some things about me that no one knew because I was dealing with severe depression at the time. I mean, uh, you know, in the black community, uh, even when you're going through mental issues or you're dealing with severe weight, uh, you're told, you know, you don't go to a psyche. You don't really talk about these things. You're you're trained to be tough. You know, right. you're not you're not taught to be vulnerable and be transparent. And, um, and so that's why I'm so transparent now, because I'm like, no, I'm free now. I can just, you see what you see is what you get. But before then I had to wear a mask of happiness, but I was so torn in my heart. Just, I felt like my life was going nowhere. Mm -hmm. I felt miserable and no one knew these things but me because I would paint such a phony smile on my face. And so when I was Mm -hmm. sitting in jail, This woman told me, she told me something that nobody knew. One night I came home from drinking with my friends, super drunk, and I went into my bathroom and I turned on the water and I just laid on the floor and cried and I cried and I was crying out to God. And I just, I didn't know how to talk to him. I didn't know what to say. I just knew that I was, I was broken inside and I didn't want my roommate to hear me. So I just cried, and then I, I went to bed. And um, there would be times at night that uh, I, I, would, I would block my emotions and suppress them so deeply that when I would sleep, tears would just naturally run down my eyes in my sleep because I had suppressed so much hurt inside. And this woman told me these things that only she knew because wow. I did not want this to be revealed. And then she looked at me and she said, listen to me, uh, you are gonna get it the worst because you know better. I had a relationship with God, Uh, never was born again, but I knew who God was. He came to me in my dreams as a little girl, but I still went the rebellious route. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said, you know, if you die today, you're gonna get it the worst because you know better. She said, surrender your life, because if you don't, the only thing next for you is death. She said, you've been to jail. You've you've, you've been through violence. You've been through all of these things. Mm -hmm. Only thing next for you is jail. Uh, I mean, death. And when she told me that, I was like, death? Mm. And I knew it was God. I knew it was God speaking to me. And I said, God, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And to this day, I don't know whether it would have been a physical death or a spiritual death. I have no idea. And I thank God because I don't, I don't, I don't want to see the end of that, that tunnel. Um, and when I got out of jail, honey, you couldn't get me to steal a pack of bubble gum. You couldn't get me to do nothing. I was like, Lord Jesus, I don't know what to do. I know what to do wrong, because I've been doing wrong all my life. I don't really know what to do right, but I know when I'm doing wrong. I can feel it. I feel it in my heart when I'm wrong. And so I just stood still. And a year later, I met Edna. Uh, she was my mentor. She started off as my mentor at first. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, I was still, you know, liberal, going to a gay church. I was working for a feminist organization. Mm-hmm. But I had, I did accept Christ in my heart, in a sense, to where I was now working legally, no fast money schemes, things like that. Because I, like I like to be bougie and live like this and live like that. But I'm not working hard for my keep. I'm just basically taking what I feel is mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so finally, I stopped scamming, stopped doing things like that started to work, uh, just holding any little doll I have, trying to be honest and diligent, met her. And she just started to disciple me and Mm. teach me. Uh, She she showed me so much about the Bible. She showed me so much about how it aligns with a conservative uh, 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 party, conservative understanding. And from there, yeah. And then from there, I just, for me personally, I'm still a student to this day. Uh, If I know it's right, two plus two equals four. Once I know that, there's nothing you can do or say to me
0: to change it. And that's that's where I'm at. That's just wonderful. But Jesus saves lives for sure. Um yeah. uh and then what I notice is the passion that you had. Uh that video that's gone viral, the Trump Tower, uh the whole thing with the paint painting over the street art. There was, you know, people will say, Oh, she was all angry and she was shouting it. No. I got a much different sense of that, that there was some sort of inner passion guiding you there. Can can you tell me about the motions of that? Okay. Um, I
1: myself grew up in the inner cities. I've seen so many of my own people die. I've watched women birth baby after baby with no husband. I grew up seeing a, a remnant of people. It was like, It was exotic for me to see Black families that had a mother and a father, college-educated and normal. Mm -hmm. I used to envy my friends who had moms who, who, who really loved them and really took care of them and had a relationship with them. I didn't understand what that was like. And for me, knowing what I know now, the issue is I know too much. I know the agenda. I know the truth. People know what happened, but they don't know why. I know Mm. why. Mm. And I know that sin plays a humongous part. But I also know that the device of the devil is that uh, Democrat party. I know that for a fact. Mm. And so for me, I'm I'm, I'm watching on the front end the decline. When I stand in front of that abortion clinic, I see my own people walking in and kill their babies. That takes an effect on you if you really care. And if you really are a wife of Christ, you're going to care about other people just other than yourself. Mm. If you truly are the wife of Christ and that really is your husband, you're going to love what he loves and he loves people. And so when you see that, there's a sense of urgency that comes out of you because you recognize this is real. If, if you do not surrender to Christ, we're all going to die. We're going to die. And I don't mean this in a sense of just as Christians, but I, I mean, us Black people, we're headed towards distinction. We're headed towards distinction. Black Americans won't exist no more by 2050 with the route that we're going. Because if we're not killing each other on the streets, we're aborting each other's babies. Mm-hmm. But yet this organization is writing Black Lives Matter. It's really a middle finger to, middle finger to America. Mm-hmm. It's a middle finger to the president. It is. It is. It is is a Philistine defying the army of the living God, an uncircumcised Philistine, and I just I can't stand for it. Mm. So people, yes, they may see uh, anger, but of course they would have called David angry.
0: (laughs) That's a good point. That's a good point. Come on. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna wrap up. This is my last question, and we're done. Um, I got asked the other day, what's the most important uh, issue in the twenty twenty election, and and someone said it's got to be coronavirus, right? And I said, look obviously coronavirus, big deal. But I didn't think that was the most important issue in this election. I I believe we're at an inflection point in this country, this culture uh, in 2020. I mean, Joe Biden says he wants to restore the soul of the nation. I think Donald Trump is trying to preserve and protect the underpinnings of freedom in this country. And I'm wondering if this isn't about the direction of America and the culture that we see and the Black Lives Matter organization and all of that. I, I, I feel like it's time to choose where we're going as a country. That to me seems the bigger issue in in 2020. What is your sense of that?
1: I agree 1000% and I'm gonna tell you why I do. Mm -hmm. Um, I made this drawing. I made this a while ago, I don't know if you can see it. I see it, I see it. Can you see this? Yeah. So this is the tree, this is the agenda, this is their plan. So on this you have the LGBTQ agenda, Mm -hmm. you got the Antifa branch, you got your BLM, you got your, uh, your your BLM, you got your feminism, you got your Planned Parenthood, all of these agendas, okay? Mm-hmm. They're all pushing to tell us, oh, there's so many issues. There's so many problems. Mm-hmm. We need something new. We need something different. The Constitution isn't working. We need different at the stem of that. Mm -hmm. is socialism, Uh right there. uh uh But once socialism runs out, because in America it might last maybe five, six years when it hits, at the root of it is communism. Mm. The the trunk is communism. And at the root of that is Satan ruling again. Mm. Mm. The reality is this. I will never just stay as an identity politics chick because I understand the game. I am a Christian. This is about Christianity. This is about Jesus. They want Christians to shut up. They want us to bow. Satan wants a one world order and he wants, and once America falls, the world will fall. We are the last man standing. We were the nation built on the word of God. And the Bible says, when you build upon this rock, which is the word, when the storms come, you won't fall. But the Bible also says, if you turn your back on God, and you start to worship the detestable God of the Ammonites and uh, and, and Molech and Baal, you're going to reap what you sow. Mm. He's going to cut you off. Mm -hmm. This is what the Bible speaks on. So for me personally, I believe Christians more than ever have to realize you need to be a part of politics. Whether you like it or not, by default, if you're a Christian, you're dealing with politics the moment you say that a man and a woman are the only thing that should be acknowledged as a marriage you already playing in politics right then and there. So it's more of a foundation at this point. Either you got it or you don't. But Christians have to recognize that if we don't stand up and smell the coffee, we are going to give away our freedoms. And the, America is going to turn into a communist country. And once America turns into a communist country, the world will be communism. and we will be
0: back in the days of Noah. Evelyn Beatty, I tell you what, fighting the good fight, I, I really appreciate uh, your time, your sacrifice. Uh, thank you for being literally on the front lines with paint and everything. You get that paint off? How do you get paint off? That's, that's got to be hard. You still got that paint on you? No, you don't have that paint on you.
1: Anymore. I did before. Listen, okay, so I went and got my nails done, but they can't get it out the inside. So Not, they had to like drill it out.
0: Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so all right. I had
1: to paint them red so they don't see it.
0: <laughs> Evelyn Beatty, so much appreciative for your time. Thank you again.
1: CarMax, the way car buying should be.
0: And that's Bevelin Beatty here on the pod's Honest Truth. Boy, that was a great interview. Okay, well, thank you very much. I just basically credited myself with a great interview. But no, no, that's not what I meant, though. Uh, if you're going with the percentages, narcissistically, it would have made sense. But no, I'm talking about uh, how she provided some great insight into what is going on in the cultural fight We have today. Uh, And you know, this should not surprise anybody, folks, uh, uh, in terms of her standing up and saying Jesus matters. Uh, She's getting a lot of hate. She's got a target on her back. But you know, the Bible talks about how you shouldn't be surprised that the world hates you because why? They hated Jesus first. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you're going to get some shade thrown at you, so to speak. I don't think the word shade is in the Bible. I'll check it. Maybe it's the Greek for, yo, that ain't right. But bottom line is, uh, she's getting a lot of hate sent her way. And by the way, one other thing, and I'm going to bring this up, and 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 no, there's no pun here when I talk about the black-robed regiment. But look, in the Revolutionary War days, we know about the black-robed regiment, right? These were pastors preaching about the cultural and moral issues of the day. And pastors stood up and parishioners stood up and they fought against the British in the Revolutionary War. Well, look, this is what uh, our our culture has come to today, that many pastors uh, need to stand up and fight for uh, traditional Judeo-Christian values. And Beverly Beatty might not be a technical pastor from the pulpit, but uh, she's got a canvas. uh, She's got a ministry. uh, And she believes that the best way to fight against a culture gone berserk and haywire is to spread the message of Jesus and say, look, it's not about black lives. It's not about white lives. To Jesus, all lives matter. But more than that, Jesus matters. Because at the end of the day, that's the pod's honest truth. Until next time, America.